0: Episode 69 of Penny Red. I'm Daniel Hodges. And I'm Sean Hayworth. And we are coming to you today from outside our uh, regular um, environments. I'm in the outdoors. I'm I am. Um, in space. <laughs> They've, they've decorated space very tastefully <laughs> <laughs> it's,
1: it's, our, it's our that is the only photo we have hanging in our entire house we've lived here for two years and we kept going we're, we'll hang up a bunch of stuff after we paint and that's the only thing we ever hung up and we never got to paint and now we're thinking of selling the house
0: so yeah i'm not well the i mean now you don't have to take down all those personal photographs that, uh, that all those home my mother is in love with home shows so whenever she comes and visits us here there are a million home shows coming and they always talk about depersonalizing your home in time for sale so you won't have any trouble taking down personal photographs because you don't have any that's right um from a other thing i learned from watching those design shows is that you need to make sure that your art is proportional to the space you're hanging it in and i have to say then in this particular case, that photograph is far too small for what is the apparent size of your wall.
1: My, th- that wall is actually uh, really, really huge. And yes, that... <laughs> uh, it's that like a, po- like a postage stamp, almost. It is. It is. It, well, especially since it's so far in the background.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, that, that's wide angle. That's the that's perspective, you see, with the wide angle lens. That's right. How boring, how boring do you want me to be about photographs and fo- by focal length and stuff?
1: I. I you you want- know what? I used to work in a photo lab, so...
0: Oh, dear. Yeah, <laughs> so you got lots of uh, lots of photograph snobs coming in and talking about the exposure and all that sort of thing. Did you? Uh, yeah. And you went, so
1: I, and then yeah. I had so to explain to... to them why uh, why their their photos scanned the way they did.
0: I yeah. uh, didn't <laughs> so it scan just... it
1: through four by six.
0: <laughs>
1: I can't explain how pixels work to you, dude.
0: <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. That must have been a must have been a trying time. Anyway, I'm outside uh, today because. Um, It's Farmer's Day, and uh, not that that means that I should be outdoors, but, um, the provincial government gives you the opportunity as an employer to decide whether you're going to give your employees a day off on Farmer's Day. And because of the place that I work, um, is rural, um, they, we get that day off, so it's good. So my son went off to school this morning and I didn't. But also, um, because I felt that sitting in the, uh, sitting in my basement, um, in my quote unquote studio, um, when everybody else is out at origins, enjoying themselves would be, uh, was too much for me to bear. So, <laughs> so I thought I'd, I'd come outside and see if that lifted my, my spirits. So have you been to origins before? I have not.
1: Uh, one second. I think my son is trying to, uh,
0: That's get knives I okay. out of the drawer. That's fine. You go ahead. You go deal with him and I'll talk to people here about uh, about origins. If anybody is listening in at the moment, looks like we've got zero uh viewers, but um today it'll be of no interest to people listening to the audio of this, um, apart from when I see them pop up. But um if anybody uh is out there listening and wants to uh write something, then we may from time to time take a question from the floor. Um so yeah, Origins. Uh started today. though I noticed a whole bunch of um uh, posts online of people doing fun stuff at, at Origins, and I've been to Origins and to Gen Con, um, and if I were going to rank them, um, I would say probably that I preferred Origins. Maybe um, there's not a lot. There's not a lot in it, um, but. I don't think Gen Con is too big. When I hear somebody say that convention is too big, then um, I just think of that uh, black dude in the Senate who's saying something is too damn high. Um, <laughs> and it, and I think to myself, how can it be too big? Like I understand some people are agoraphobic um, and so that can be a problem. But I mean, a convention of any sort of size, I think is, is good. Now you get the personal touch. You can be assured of quality, um, like Big Bad Con, for example, like, Yes. Sean no, no, is very hands-on with all every aspect of the of the convention. And uh there's not a you know, there's not a, a loose screw or a you know like a, a bump in the carpet anywhere. It's you know it's all uh, immaculately turned out and and the quality is, is very high. Um, on the other hand, if you go to a large convention like say Origins or Gen Con, um, then there's something sort of about the thing itself. Um, whether you're in a game or, or not, just seeing a whole bunch of sort of gaming people all milling around in the in the same place at the same time, um, which is—I mean, it's not like going to Mecca or anything. Well, you know, you have to do it once in your life, but yeah, I think close. as a game, <laughs> that's right. That's the that's the gamers. That's the gamers Mecca. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I. Endorse both of them. I mean, if by any chance you're listening to this and you're thinking about going there in the next 24 hours, it's a very small <laughs> window. We're talking to possibly zero people here, Sean. But um, yeah, I mean, I I would suggest going um, if nothing else, just for the experience of being around such a to get an idea of the scope of right. the uh, of the hobby. Right. It's, yeah,
1: I, uh, I I feel the same way about going to packs. but uh, right. It's it's hard to get in anymore, but. There's something incredible about going to uh, one space with with forty thousand people that like the same things that you like.
0: Right, and and so where's where is PAX? Uh, uh, there's there's three of them now.
1: There are three. Right, now. right. Uh, the PAX Prime is in Seattle. Right, Seattle. That's right. Yep, yep. Uh, and then PAX East is in Boston, and this year they started PAX Australia, which is I think right? is somewhere in New Zealand. But
0: <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it's somewhere down there. You know, <laughs> it's down under somewhere. Um, yeah, I, I was watching. Um, uh, like apparently, Facebook doesn't like New Zealand either. Um. Like there's a whole. The whole world is on Facebook, apparently, apart from New Zealand. If you look at the little picture, I don't know if they fixed it subsequently. If you look at the little icon, now this is only by um, word of mouth because I'm not a Facebook person. But, um, but yeah. So apparently we've been we're all, we're right we're right with that though. That's okay. We just like to uh, keep it. Did, did you watch the flight of the Concords? I did.
1: I did. I love yeah, the yeah. flight of the Concords. So. Yes. Yeah.
0: Very, uh, very subtle and understated sort of, sort of thing. So not being on Facebook is, is fine with us, but the, um, the Murray's, the, that's the boss in his office. He's got this fake wood paneling, which I have to say is not a New Zealand thing. Um, but, um, on his walls, he's got the New Zealand, take your mum, and New Zealand, yeah. it's pretty good, and, you know, sort of like those, those understated type things. But, but yeah, I mean, um, so Pax East, Boston, Pax, prime seattle and what time of the year does pax prime go uh pax prime is uh actually it's the same weekend as dragon con so that
1: is uh labor day weekend at the very end of the summer like last weekend weekend in august first
0: weekend in September. Right, right um the only thing i know about labor day um apart from the fact that it's a holiday is apparently you're not supposed to wear white shoes after that day Is that so
1: it? something like that i i don't own white shoes so i never paid attention that
0: could be a problem if you're some kind of an athlete um yeah, yes and yeah yeah I don't, yeah those fashion rules those fashion rules blow me away, but anyway, so I'm sad not to be at uh, at oranges like i said I, when you were uh, making sure your son didn't carve something or someone <laughs> um the uh I'm sad not to be, there's lots of posts coming in of people that are there um at the moment, so um if I'd known it was on Farmer's Day, day off, I may have actually been there. But anyway, there's enough talk about Origins and, uh, and Gen Con and so forth. What have you been up to in the last, uh, well, it's a couple of weeks now since we, we spoke. We had a, a banked episode up last week. Yep. Uh, I have
1: been either working or sick. <laughs> you, sound, you, sound
0: bit, you sound a bit sound a bit. stuffed up. I, um, I had a flatmate, uh, roommate, I guess you guys would call it now, um, and uh, somebody made the mistake of saying, you sound like you've got a cold. You've got a really nasally voice, and uh, she very pointedly um, identified the fact that, in fact, no, because she's a linguistics person. In fact, no, you don't have a na- you've got a lack of a nasally voice because when your nose is blocked, you've actually got no nose component of your uh, of your voice. So. Right, so it doesn't resonate. So I said, "Aha! Uh-huh. So you have learned something at university now, apart from how to read a dick, those little funny lines at the top of the dictionary that most people just go straight past." But right, but but, but anyway, so um, so yeah, so we thought we would continue today with our um, our looking at games that either of us didn't really know uh, anything about. Um, and so today we've got Burning Wheel, which. For those of you who haven't listened to previous episodes or are unfamiliar with sort of the, the burning, what, what's uh, what's Luke Crane's company called? Uh, they, they just call it Burning Wheel Headquarters. Right, um, and, and and there are they've got three major games at the moment, right? Like that's, and then you've got, and then there's the one that's just that we've we um, swords. No, no, what is, remind me the name I've forgotten. Uh, Torchbearer? The, Torchbearer, the that's right yeah. right, yeah. Yeah, so three major releases prior to that. Which, what order did they go in? Is it Burning Wheel first, then Burning Empires, then Mouse Guard? Maybe you should talk about it, because you're the, you're the number one guy. And Sean actually has a show dedicated to, uh, Burning Wheel. So today we're going to try and, the trickiest of tricky things, <laughs> which is to, um, to pitch a, a show talking a bit about Burning Wheel. It's going to be interesting, not only to Burning Wheel people, but also to people that don't know, uh, anything about Burning Wheel. So it's going to be, he's going to be on the high wire. He's going to be right. one, of the, one of the flying, Flying Wheel is they're trying to make sure that everybody is uh, everybody is happy. So um, yeah so Burning Wheel first then Burning Empires then Mask. Maybe you could give us a little bit of background about the the company in, in general and the releases and then we can go to some specifics about uh about Burning Wheel. So uh
1: from 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 what I've gathered uh the the original game Burning Wheel which is a fantasy <clears throat> fantasy game uh it started out basically as as uh, Luke Crane the writer uh, played a whole bunch of different stuff, and nothing was quite doing what what he wanted. Uh, and he uh, he did the thing that that all people who get frustrated with with how things are do, and uh, made the thing that he wanted to play. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, the current the current version, this uh, this nice big golden red hardcover here, is actually the uh, uh, the third edition of of the game right uh the uh, the original burning moon classic i never played uh, i think right. it came out in 2002 or 2003 maybe 2004 right. or something like right. that right right uh i got started with with the revised edition uh which right. i think came out in 2006 okay. uh which which i played for for freaking ever right uh, And uh, while, while revised was, uh, was still in print, they, uh, they got the, the license from uh, Christopher Moeller to do a role-playing game based in his Iron Empires comics. Right. Uh, And so they, you know, they took the burning wheel rule set and kind of, kind of stripped out the stuff that they didn't need and added in. Uh, added in some things for doing like technology, and you know all of the the little setting things that were in mm. in Christopher Moller's book, and uh, turned it into this really cool like competitive. Uh, RPG, it's really, really hard to play, but it's really, really satisfying. Is
0: it, is, it comp- is it competitive? Because this, uh, going back to uh, Origins, um, I've told this story before but um, now that it's going to have a little bit of context I'll, I'll, I'll retell it in an abbreviated form. Um, I had no idea who Luke Crane was or Burning Wheel or Burning Empires or anything like that. And There was this game called Burning Empires... Um, For first, for sort of first thing on Sunday morning or something like that. I'm like, oh, don't have anything in there, so I'm gonna go ahead and sign up for that. Um, And I went along and there was. Who I discovered was Luke Crane and a couple of other people, and we we played Burning Empires. There were millions of dice around the place, and um, as you'll know firsthand, and anybody that's listened to podcasts will know, um, I'm not very good with remembering what dice to roll. Like Luke would just give me a bunch of dice and then say, "Roll those," so I would roll them, and something would happen. Um, and then I was told that I could give dice to, so I was kind of like the, the little brother at the table. Both these peop- there were a couple of people there who were really into the game and super pumped to be playing in this game with um, Luke Crane. Um, and, uh, I didn't really know anything, like I said, I didn't really know anything about it, but, so I was just like the little kid at the table that, and everybody was like grabbing my dice saying, you do this, and then you do this, and you do this, and I'm like, sure, okay. <laughs> uh, and I was, and I, was, I was, I was desperately trying to keep myself out of situations where I would have to roll the dice for anything, um, to, to, to so that I wouldn't further annoy, um, these guys who were really into, it. I mean, the game went really well, and we had a great time, but, um, but yeah, I, to this day, I couldn't remind i couldn't think about i couldn't yeah. how to play it so that's kind of why we started with burning wheel here there's uh
1: there's some things about empire set uh that are hard to get your brain wrapped around like the the entire firefight system uh because it's not about like my dude hits you or shoots at you it's about my entire army comes out and then mm. Then start handing out dice and be like, all right, I have this extra die that goes to you. And that means you get to shoot somebody and you get to go blow up that bunker or, you know, that, kind of, that kind of thing. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's uh, not to get off on a tangent here, but I'm going to get off on a tangent here.
0: Go ahead. Uh, it's uh, almost <laughs>
1: That's right. So, I haven't got my my, uh, pump, my hat on. pump hat on. I'm going for redneck chic. <laughs> uh,
0: just chic, Sean. That's just called chic. That's
1: right. That's right. <laughs> uh, no, it's uh, what I said. It's it's competitive. It uh, it takes this particular approach uh, to the game where normally uh, in all the in all of the burning wheel games. Uh, part of the GM's job is to, is to bring adversity to the players. You're always supposed to be challenging what it is that they're, what they want to do. Uh, and in Burning Empires, it does it in a particular way where your, your vehicle for bringing adversity to the players uh, is your NPCs. So you don't, you don't have the latitude uh, because of some of the other rules, like there's a scene economy and all sorts of stuff. But, uh, you don't have latitude like you do in normal everyday RPGs where the GM can just say, oh, and then this other thing happens, right? Right. Uh, you, you actually have to position your NPCs to be able to, to affect, uh, affect the player characters
0: and get in right. their way. Uh, right. Sounds like a lot of administration for the, for the GM or whatever. What's it called in, in uh, burning games, is it? Uh, is it called a GM or? Yeah, it's a it's a GM, right?
1: Yeah, uh, it's it's not it's not that much. Uh, I mean, it's not like you know, in in almost any game, you're going to have a stack of NPC. Of course, thing is so tight that there's no room for like going out and just adventuring.
0: Right. I am back. He's, I thought it was you back cut out and then of it. <laughs> No, I, I just kept talking just in case. So maybe we're both talking. Maybe that's gonna be a really garbled piece. Anyway, I was just saying the bad guys in um in Burning Empires are these worm things called the something or others. Oh, the Valen,
1: yes. The Valen, uh, yes. yeah, they, they crawl in they crawl into your brain and take over take over your mind. Uh, right. and really the thing- really though, like that's kind of the oh, go ahead.
0: No, I was just going to say, and that's the thing about you were know, saying about the NPCs, um, and also um, to a degree, I guess, the players, because with the um, with the Valen being these worms, they sort of get in your like, is it sort of Hulling or something like that? Um, I think it's called, um, and they get in your head, and there's no way for you to know who's um, who's already been sort of taken over by these Valen, right? So you've got sort of two two NPCs really, and two sort of sets of concerns you've got, the concerns that the GM is putting in front of you, those NPCs and there's also the possibility that the other PCs are in fact now bad guys as well because they've been attacked by worms, right? Nope. Is Sean there? Nope. Alright. Well, just in case he's back in a moment, I'm going to do the easiest, fastest and least Least time-consuming uh, thing to generate a little bit of content here for a second. I'm going to go to RPG.net and I'm going to check out what's going on in the forums. Then maybe you can find some things to to talk about there. While we wait for uh, we we'll wait for Sean to come back, going to go to the open tabletop role-playing section um, and take a look at that. Okay, so. Um, Second skins, um, that's one of the comments here at the moment. One thing I'll say about that is that uh, Jackson Tegu, who is the author of the uh, Monster Hearts second skin sort of expansion, was on the show a couple of weeks ago, so you can go ahead and uh, check that out. Um, and he is, um, yeah, he's reached his first goal. He's got about uh 500 bucks i think to go before reaching the final um s- the final stretch goals which involves some games one with them written by uh, jason morningstar and some uh who wrote fiasco um and there are some other some goodies that go along with that so if you haven't got behind jackson's um monster hearts uh kickstarter campaign then uh go ahead and uh, go ahead and check that out um all right moving on uh where to start in Warhammer? I have absolutely no idea. I liked Warhammer, the, the board game. Um, I said board game. I mean like strategy game. Um, my favorite was Necromunda. I preferred the small gang battles rather than the, the big the big battles. It took less time to set up. Didn't require as much money. Didn't require as much mathematics. You may have noticed a theme here about me and uh, uh, doing too much mathematics during a game, which is strange seeing as I'm a uh, mathematics teacher, but there you go. Um, Uh, We have uh, Heroes of the Terran Empire playing in the Mirror Universe. That's something to do with Star Trek. I've no idea about that. GM Brutality. Oh my goodness, look, there are 29 threads on that. Well, I'm not going to crack that open, but I'm going to say that there's a... This goes a little bit to one of my season... One of the season one questions, which was, um, do you fudge dice rolls? Um, So I guess that goes into it a little bit. Um, And... I think that there are two schools of thought about GM brutality. Um, the first one is, you know, you've got to roll the dice, let them play their part, let the cards fall where they may. Um, and then this, a subset of that is, and it's me versus you, which was sort of basically the way that the... I mean, the first games came out of... Um, strategy games like chainmail or, or war game type things. And that is actually you trying to defeat your opponent. So I wonder if some of that mentality carried through into the first editions of Dungeons & Dragons where the people who were um, were running the game were still in the mindset of being adversarial with the people that they were playing with. And so that made the whole thing sort of um, more competitive or more, you know, like whatever the dice shows up. My, my goal here is to destroy the party. My goal is not to sort of facilitate a... Um, to facilitate a narrative. That may be unfair, um, but there you go. That's my take on that, uh, that's my take on that bit there. So yeah, so that's, the, so two schools of thought. You've got the, let the cards with their four, their main. You've got the dice. And a subset of that, I think, is probably the mentality that was brought through from the original, um, from the original, uh, games. Uh, the war, the, the war games, where it was actually adversarial. Your goal was to try to defeat your opponent. So that's the first, the first thing. Um, and then the second one is, um, you know, we're here to tell a story. Let's try and keep it interesting. Now, I don't think those two are mutually exclusive, but um, I have known of people who have found um, destroying the party to be a very satisfying outcome for the uh, for a game. Now. If everybody signs up for that type of game, then I imagine that that sort of thing would would be particularly rewarding if you were able to be successful. You know, given that your life is fragile as a player um, and if you're able to accomplish anything at all before being killed um, is would create a sense of satisfaction. So I think if that's known up front, then uh, dying in character um, is fine. Um, but if you're playing with somebody whose goal is to... Make it virtually impossible for you to be successful. Then I think that's a bad combination. Um, so if you disagree with me, please feel free to uh, to write in. But but uh, I think that an adversarial GM is probably the worst sort of GM to have. Um, so GM brutality is it okay? Um, yes, as long as it's not sadistic brutality. Um, as long as it's in the context of the game. So if you got 27, 29 pages. Oh my goodness, you can read about that. Um, Recommend a spaceship survival scenario. I've written a spaceship scenario, survival scenario. Um, spaceship survival scenario, uh, is a, is good in a way because, I mean, you're into, well, potentially you're into alien territory. Having a closed system, um, to play out a game in is great. Um, assuming that the spaceship is not so vast that it might just as well be a world um, because it makes everything much more claustrophobic, you don't have um, you know, you've got constant feedback between the players and the and the GM, um, there's an obvious threat which the players need to, um, need to deal with I mean, assuming that the survival is not, you know, like how we're we going to get food and it's actually a case where there's some sort of a monster on board if there's no monster on board and it's about finding ways to survive I suppose that could be fun, although I can't imagine how to make it so. So, if you're looking for a spaceship survival game, um, I'm going to say go with a go with a monster of some kind on board. Um, even if that monster does turn out to be one of the other players. Um, ever feel like you're trapped running one game? Sure. Yeah, I mean it can be a thing. I mean if you're really good at doing something, or you've got a particular um, preference for well, not preferences on not the road, uh, you've got a skill for running a particular type of game, then I think that uh, you can get stuck doing that. I mean, the players enjoy what it is that you're doing. You are being successful at what you're doing, which is sort of tantalizing in itself. Um, but ultimately, I think that if you're not having fun as the GM, you're part of it as well. And so yeah you can get stuck doing something and i think it's totally okay to step on and say look i want to try i want to try something different most convoluted rpg system you know um well you lost me at convoluted i don't think that i wouldn't i don't think i know any convoluted games i know of convoluted games but there's no role-playing game that i've slaved over to try to understand um not because i don't think it's worthy But if the system is that complicated um, for me to learn, unless everybody else in the game has also gone to the trouble of learning all of those things, um, then the actual process of playing the game may be less like a narrative and more like a, um, sort of like getting a group of people together to put together IKEA furniture. But hey, IKEA's cool, I guess star trek rpg FASA or lug Um, i don't know anything about that at all Um, i don't really know anything about star trek um it comes to that um uh traveler which edition none at all no traveler say no to traveler any long time listeners of the show will know how i feel about uh, about Traveller. not because i think it's a bad game but because i was scarred um 13th age uh if I'm not mistaken, I think the Thirteenth Age one of the people working on Thirteenth Age is Rob Heinzu. And I've been playing uh, email tag back and forth with Rob Heinzu for probably about a year now, and sooner or later I'm gonna get him on the show. So if thirteenth age is Rob Heinzu, then um and you like Rob Heinzu, uh then you can probably look forward to hearing him at some time in the uh in the future. Um Exalted? Don't know anything about Exalted, I'm afraid. Universal systems: conceptual versus mechanical compatibility. Uh, well, I've talked about universal systems before. I think with Meg Baker on. Um, Sean is back. Oh my gosh, it's. Working. <laughs> I just Dang. did a however many minute filibuster there, um, or the equivalent thereof. It's going to be a nightmare to edit that. But um, anyway, so I was basically got halfway down the page in RPG. Don't need talking about all the different topics that were on the uh, the open gaming talk. So anyway. Um, on the grounds that I may chop all of that uh, piece out for the audio section, um, we got as far as talking about um, Burning Empires and saying that NPCs were very important. And then I flannel on a bit about um, there being two sort of sets of bad guys potentially in that game. You've got the NPCs and you've got the PCs that may have been hulled by the Valen.
1: Uh, yeah, well, and that's that's kind of a... Uh, <laughs> that's, that's always the thing that you fear in that game. It's... Uh... The thing that makes empires interesting is that everything becomes a really, really tough choice. Uh, you have a limited, not just, uh, it's it's not just competitive. You have a limited amount of resources, and uh, that includes actually, like, making, uh, making roles to achieve intents. So right. you always wind up in these situations where uh you have your character has has personal things that that they want to accomplish and when you set things up uh you tend to have like tensions between player characters and npc uh and meanwhile you have this existential threat to your planet that's uh that is imminent Uh, so you know when you have in most cases three dice rolls Right for the session, and right. you kind of have to make those count. Yeah, uh, you know that becomes important. And when there's a a threat of getting, you know, arrested, hauled off to a medical facility, and then having a word stuck in your face, right? Uh, that that sort of thing becomes even even more important. You just have right. to make a lot of importance. So
0: somebody actually does get taken away and gets a hole drilled in the head. What's that? somebody gets taken away or do they have like a like a porter a porter drill where somebody can just kind of come up behind you and like drill a hole and quickly stick a worm in and then put the hair back oh no it's it's uh it's the they, process?
1: yeah they they have there are several ways described one is basically you you know jab somebody's eye out and stick a worm in their eye socket but that's pretty obvious right uh, and then you know there's like drilling a careful hole in the back of the head and implanting the worm because it's like a little aquatic flatworm it can't actually crawl into your head on its own right uh, so yeah it's uh, t- typically it's something that's done in secret
0: some like creepy right. frankensteinian medical facility right sounds awesome so um you wouldn't so somebody couldn't just like suddenly come back with a worm like suddenly just end up with a worm in their head then
1: Uh, Not a player character. I mean, the the GM has to abide by the same rules, so they have to spend their resources to, you know, capture you and hull you, and then you switch sides and you play on the Valen side if that
0: happens. Right. Right, right. Okay, and then I talked a little bit about um, Mouseguard, and I said that the that the success of burning empires, at least um, in terms of how the system was perceived, I suppose, by the people owning the intellectual property of Mouseguard, led them to be approached by Mouseguard, or Luke Crane approached Mouseguard.
1: I don't know what the story is there. Uh, I'm not sure if if Luke met. Uh, david peterson the the man that wrote the mouse guard comics and right. talked to him about it or if uh Archaea studios press came to luke about about doing it or or what the like what the whole deal was there all i know is right. that that uh luke got that that job and made an amazing game ah. that really if if you've read the mouse guard comics uh the game emulates those perfectly
0: yes. Uh, which yes that was one of the things that i was saying um about uh that particular intellectual property and how it gels with the game itself um i was saying that you can um just do a little bit of reading of the of the graphic novels which is enjoyable in and of itself but it gives you a really good feeling for what a game might be like in a relatively short period of time
1: yeah exactly exactly uh and it's i mean it's it's fun it uh it doesn't quite have the 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 long term appeal to me that that something like Burning Wheel does. Right. Uh, but it's it is a well tuned game, mm. and uh, and that's that was really its its goal. It's it's tuned to do what it
0: what it does, and it's doing right. very well. Yeah, and you don't. Um you, you lose sight of the fact that your mice. Pretty, I mean, your adversaries are always other animals, but you don't feel like you, you, don't feel like you're limited by your skin. So to speak, the fact that you're playing a mouse doesn't really limit the things that you uh, that you do in any way. The only thing that I remember happening um, was uh, that my mouse got a cold, um, and that seemed to be a a big deal. And I thought, oh, the cold doesn't seem to be a problem, but that's I guess the only disconnect that I had with the game is I can't appreciate some of the things that are actually dangerous. To to my step I mean that's that's my fault. That's not the game's fault. But that was the one thing that I found challenging about that game.
1: Yeah, well I mean it's it's easy to be like, oh, I've got I've got a cold or I've got a flu or something, you know, I'm sick. That's that's a condition. It's I'm I'm sick. And you know, we're we're kind of used to having all of these modern conveniences that, that kind of help mitigate those problems. Mm. Like makes driving suck but you can still drive like, right 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 uh when when you're out in the wilderness like i don't know if you've ever been camping and gotten really sick i have and it is miserable and that's going <laughs> out to doing something for fun that's not like having to you know forge a new path between two towns so that so that you right. can travel between them right like, sure you know w- once you once you put it into context it's not so so like oh, I got a
0: cold. I don't know why this yeah. is making me lose a diet. Yeah, I, yeah. I, um, I tell you what's miserable is uh, taking care of a seven-year-old's birthday party when you've got food poisoning. Oh um, yeah. That's the, well, the worst. The <laughs> worst. Worst ever. Because you're like I'm trying to be up, but I really <laughs> don't want to be at all. Yeah. Um, so I just was feeling totally wretched, but having to have my party smile face on. And my wife was actually sicker than I was, so I was she was at home, and I was just like, "Well, there are 20 kids coming, and the fact that I'm sick, it's not important right now." Yeah, <laughs> we're just soldiering through. But yeah, okay. So I guess I can, to a degree, I can sympathise with uh, with a mouse getting a cold. But um, but yeah, anyway. So to the real. To the after my uh, scintillating conversation I had with myself for half an hour there or however long it was to the real meat and potatoes, which is the uh, which is Burning Wheel. So go ahead, Sean. do it.
1: All right. Uh, so so Burning Wheel is a uh, I'm 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 bringing up these these questions because we talked about about this before yes. so it's important to talk about
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we've got a little we've got a little list which is a list in progress and anybody that's listening out there can feel free to uh to think if there's any questions that we might have missed that you want to add to it but uh yes yeah, so we're going to run through a, a series of uh of questions and add to and, and take from as as the weeks go by but so what was our first one here you've got on there uh the 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 first one we have is length of character creation versus life expectancy right
1: uh, I'm not. I'm not sure if we should take these in order exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just probably maybe in what makes the most sense order. But uh, you're the first ones doing them, so you go ahead. You make an order for us.
1: Okay. So, so uh, let me let me first say. So the the book is very. Is very pretty. Yeah,
0: Sean's holding up a book it's like a digest size I think it is but uh, it's probably uh, about an inch and a half thick I'm not sure what sort of uh, paper it is but I'm going to guess is it like 400 pages or 500 pages or something? Uh,
1: six 600 pages including uh, including the, the indexes. Uh, right. The important thing I think to remember I mean I I, I always fawn over it because it really is like you pick it up and you're like oh that doesn't feel like a role-playing game book.
0: That's, that's right yeah it doesn't look like it at all no you're right. Uh, it's this, this can
1: run entire campaigns by itself for
0: years. Right. So no requirement for supplements to have a fully realized, uh, uh campaign.
1: Right. Right. Uh, okay. there are supplements, but for $25, this, this thing, I've, I have literally run, uh, a campaign that lasted 50 something sessions. Uh, right. I think i had one custom monster that i made in the entire thing right everything else came straight out of the out of the right game. right uh, uh, and i think i think that's important uh most movies that you find they'll they'll either split up like oh you need the player's book and the gm's book in the book of Monsters, Yes. yeah uh, or uh even uh things like the dresden files you only need one book to play but there's an entire hardcover huge setting book that goes with it right Uh, right you know and and this thing it's 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 a really nice book for 25 bucks yes pretty much can't beat that Mm. um So, uh, I I think that's probably the most important thing to realize is that when you when you pick it up, you're getting an entire like a fully playable product
0: uh, without right. having to think about anything else. Right. <clears throat> uh, so, available in lots of shops, or is it something you've sent away from? Does does Luke, Luke have a store that you would buy it from, or? Uh, yeah, you can you can go to
1: uh burningwheel.com and they have got a web store. Uh, it it they ran out of copies recently, uh, so they had to do another print run. Uh, I'm not sure if they started that or if they've they've they put in for it. Uh, I know they were they were doing some you know oh time for a new print run you know go through see if there's any errata that that. Mm. Throw it in and fix right right before uh, that before the new files go out, uh, mm. but but yeah, it's it's sold out of one, one print run. But I know that the new printing is either already done or is in the process of being done, right? Right, uh, okay. So, uh, one, of, one of our questions is what kind of media would this game be a good fit for, right? Uh, and so so the system really does gritty fantasy not uh you always you always hear gritty in terms of like the the, the quote-unquote dark stuff like warhammer 40k where it's like right. everything is dark and you are nothing and blah, yeah, yeah. Blah. uh <laughs> excuse me that that's not the feeling you get from it it's it, it What Birding Wheel does is it lets you play heroic characters. Right. Uh, But its definition of heroic isn't necessarily the same thing that a lot of uh, role-playing games use. Uh, Right. Things like Fate or D&D kind of of interpret heroic as you are an exceptional person. Right. Uh, You know, you go on interesting adventures because uh you are the kind of person that interesting adventures happen to right right uh, and burning wheel really takes the tack of you're a person that wants something uh and it's not going to be easy to get so what are you going to do about it right uh, so when i say heroic i mean it's it's geared around the idea of uh struggling against all odds to achieve the things that you want
0: right this is my son Oh look, there he is. <laughs> Hello there for people in audio land. There's a young gentleman sitting in uh Sean's lap looking confused. But um, interested. He has oh. no idea what's going on right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is um yeah, I'm surprised my daughter's not sitting on my lap at this point. But um okay, so just backpedaling slightly, um before we get to some specific, um, did you get? Do we? Uh, so, so, oh wow, yeah, let's do this first. So, any specific um, thing, any specific game that you can, sorry, specific piece of intellectual property, you think would be ideal as source material, or if you enjoyed this film, want to play a game like this, what would uh, what that would look like? Uh, game of Thrones, right? It, it does that that
1: sort of thing very well, right? Uh, uh, not not so much with the Clashes of huge armies because it's really not about that. It's about it's about the characters, right? Uh, but but when it comes to the kind of events that you see happening to individuals in in uh, Game of Thrones or the Song of Ice and yep. Fire, yep. Uh, Burning Wheel does that incredibly right. well. Right. Uh, we've we've used it to do a uh, uh, a weird fantasy sort of Deadwood. Kind of right, uh, kind of game, uh, you know, street level, uh, street level, like like thieves' guilds versus thieves' guilds, that sort of thing. It right. it, it handles uh, most things as long as it's not, you know, the that whole like epic fantasy, you know, a group of adventurers go on. Go on a right. series of quests. Like right, it's really right. not about that. It's about characters coming right. out and 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 pursuing their their sort of individual goals.
0: Right. So how would you characterize the game? Um, in terms of it being a story game or it being a... Well, I I don't really know the difference between it. I mean, what is what's the opposite of a story game? I um, don't know. <laughs> well, because they all tell me. J, uh, Jason Morningstar was uh, said. You know, like I mean, they're all they're all story games. But I think perhaps. Um, would you say it's closer to um, Dungeons and Dragons or closer to Fiasco? Let's say.
1: Oh, um, I would say it's probably closer to D and D. Right.
0: So that's it's quite crunchy, though, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's really it's a, it's a technical game. Um, right. Crunchy,
0: does "crunchy" mean like is that short for um? There's lots of number crunch in it. I assumed that that's what it was, but then it occurred to me as I just said it that I don't really know for sure what that refers to.
1: That yeah, that's that's kind of the problem is that that nobody really knows. It's it's almost a meaningless term. Uh, right. I think most people use it in 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 terms of like how much how much system is there as opposed to how much setting is there. Uh, right.
0: Right there's everything i wonder there. whether there's a there's a uh yeah 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 I, I wonder if there's a if you could have a scale um if you were to figure out the amount of time spent in combat as opposed to the amount of time spent in social situations i wonder if you could i wonder if you, quantifying that would be a useful way to describe the type of game that people have were uh, you know what i mean like um, I, I i do uh i'm
1: Depending on the game, though, that might not be particularly useful. Uh, no, burn, no, Burning Wheel, like I said, is an all-system. Combats are usually over in less than ten minutes. In right. Practice. Like well, once, once you understand how the how the rules work. Yes. Uh, and that's that's the. That's the trick to to all of the burning games is that they are written as games to be played, not just as a means to produce a story. Right, right. So it's it's designed as a game that you can get good at playing. Uh right. you get better at playing with with experience. The more you play, right. the better you're right. going to get. So when right. you get to things like like combat, uh, the game doesn't really slow down right the, it, it doesn't take very long things tend to end uh unexpectedly and and quickly and and somewhat ugly right uh but it also mechanizes uh social interactions
0: yes yeah that was one thing that i was particularly struck with about it i enjoy that as that aspect of the the gift which we um which uh we played together at big bad con um, in october of last year um, that I like the uh, the emphasis on the social um, interaction now that may be more a product of setting um, rather than of system but um, yeah talk a bit more about that uh, so the the
1: the main uh the main thing when we talk about the the social conflict system uh and i apologize for my dog's day (laughs) absolutely nuts outside they're stupid
0: it's not it's not a problem we're this uh it's farmer's day man we're just enjoying the outdoors well i'm enjoying the outdoors the dogs your dogs are enjoying the outdoors so uh
1: the the duel of wit system is a is a really good it's it's not designed to emulate the realities of talking to another person right right it is a gamification of important social interactions
0: right Uh, that's often a thing that i find in um in the games that we play one of the the one of my regular gaming group is like uh when it comes to fighting yourself and my my guy's gonna fight and that's fine you can just resolve it with uh with the dice but it's really difficult i don't think that um it's possible really to really accurately um do a social interaction because if the player themselves doesn't have the social skills to achieve what their character could conceivably achieve, then it's very difficult to carry that off in a, and it takes a, uh, yeah, to carry that off in a, in a meaningful way. There's no way that you can make your match, you can't make your words match, um, with, how eloquent your character could be based upon the stats that you've given them. So that was one thing that I found particularly enticing about um, about the social aspects, at least of the uh, social as- social situation resolution and burning wheel, because it removed that from the uh, from the from the role playing, I suppose, um, but replaced it with. A sort of a a description of what it was that you wanted to achieve and ways that things could go without requiring you to actually voice the specific things that might sway the decision in your favor right uh well kind of uh
1: you you can you can do it that way uh the way the way that it's intended to be done is you don't you don't get rid of the role playing but what you do is you have a definite direction that uh, that you're supposed to be doing. If I if I script a point, uh, yes. then that's going to have a, have a specific tone. And and you can, uh, you know, you you still have to say what your character is saying, but you have a little right, bit right. more leeway about. Oh, you know, I I explain to them about this, you know, setting, event X Y and Z, and why they're wrong right. about that. Right, uh, right. You you can. Pull yourself away uh, if you can't think of something in character. Right. Uh, that said, the duel of wits system is, it it really sings when you can start bringing in these other uh, <laughs> other little elements from uh, from your game. Right. Be- because, like I said, it's all all about characters. Yes. So, uh, you know, in the middle of of a duel of wits where you've already establish the stakes and what's going on Mm. in 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 the middle of some point uh you you can push on the buttons of the other characters beliefs and and traits right right uh, through, through the role playing which uh you know if you're if you're if you're doing your job you can uh you can sort of reincorporate that kind of then right. You
0: know, yeah. Out. What I was getting at, really, with the the role playing uh, aspect of it, is that unlike um, the sword sort of like sword fighting piece, it's not really possible for you to get up uh, with your with a sword and reenact killing a um, killing a bugbear or whatever it might happen to be. But yeah. when it comes to social interactions, if you're pretending to be your character and the GM is pretending to be the character that your character is talking to, that's a, that's the only piece of the game really where you are actually acting out. I mean, scenery and so forth aside, you're actually acting out the thing that's happening in the game. Like everything else is an abstraction. You're sort of having to imagine it in your head. But those few interactions are the, really the only piece where I do this and so does my character. And the GM's character does this and so does this. So the words that you actually speak um, are supposed to reflect your... Um, we're supposed to reflect your character but um the skill with which you employ those words um may be less good if you like than the way that um your character your character would and uh, that's sort of more what i was getting at right right
1: uh, well and there's also the 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 fact that when when you take all of the all of the gameplay mechanism out of social interactions yeah. it's really it's really subject to uh people bullying or blustering or yeah, yeah. you know you yeah. you talk and go around in circles over and over and over until mm. yes yeah 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 talk until about they're that they're actually convinced it's just that they want to get on with the fun part of the game
0: yeah 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 uh, uh, talk, uh, talk about that aspect of it because that's one thing that because one that was one thing that uh that you said during the game I didn't really fully um understand the mechanics of it but I understood the concepts of it completely you know, like once this thing is done then we don't talk about it anymore
1: yeah well it, exactly you uh once uh pretty much everything in in burning wheel once you've once you've come to a resolution uh until the situation changes significantly uh it's it's done and you move on and you go uh you go forth uh you know with the the consequences of those acts uh. In mind. uh the rules called let it ride uh and it's probably the easiest thing to port to other role-playing games uh right but it's it's surprisingly powerful when you uh when you really look at it, it's it's a very simple thing, you know, because it because it, it even goes down to, you know, we we roll the dice once to see if you can sneak past the guards into the castle. Right. And if you succeed at the beginning, none of the guards in the entire castle see you. Right. Right. You know, providing that's that's kind of the intent i mean
0: right right i mean and it also gets you past that hole like i'm gonna do i have to check do i have to say that i'm checking with my 10-foot pole for traps right exactly every 10 feet you know yeah
1: because because that's not the kind of game this is you you don't you don't need to check for traps really you just want to get to the vizier's chambers to stab him to death in his sleep right 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 so yeah that's uh that's that's uh one of the strengths and uh and combat works uh, the same way as the social interaction too, right? Uh, which is it's a, it's a scripted system and
0: and. Uh, but, when you say uh, scripted system, what do you mean? Uh,
1: so the way the, the way the, the scripting uh, conflict resolution works is is each uh, each player involved in the conflict uh, has has a sheet with a list of, of different moves on it. Uh, for social interactions, it'll th- be things like point or rebuttal or insight. Uh, for combat, it'll be things like a strike or a block or uh, an avoid or throw an object or, or something like that. Uh, and, and each of you kind of builds a hand of these moves in secret without the other person being able to see it. Uh, and then you, you kind of reveal them at the, at the same time. Uh, and those things will interact in different, different ways. Uh, so with, with combat, you might wind up with two people scripting strike at the same time, uh, right. which, which means nobody's taking a defensive action. Both of you are stabbing each other, uh, and you roll. And if you, if you both of you succeed, both of you wind up taking injuries and, right. right. Uh, and that's actually, d- despite the the amount of of technical like rules fiddliness in that system, yes. once you understand it, once you once you've gone through it and and uh, you know you've gotten good at it, uh, you can script incredibly quickly. Roll the dice, figure out what, what happens. Uh, eventually, somebody will take a take an injury and hesitate and usually that means that the fight is over
0: right right okay so um all right so we're going to play uh, it's a game of thrones e-type things where you've got a lot of social interaction not so much about uh, armies um it's technical uh which means that so as a gm um that may be a question we can have for future is um gm um investment before play uh it is moderate to light uh, there
1: there are some people that say that that burning wheel is kind of a wind-up game like you you let the people characters write their their beliefs which is kind of what drives uh, the, drives the player characters uh-huh. uh, you know you do you do a lot of work in the first session uh, where you you know set up the setting because there's no uh, there's no explicit setting in the in the game right Right, Uh, and and you know, start creating your characters, uh, and then once you have beliefs, you can just kind of let it go. That I've I've played that way, and there's a lot of people that say that that's that's how it goes. Uh, I find that to not be the case, and I think uh, I think Luke would probably agree with me. Right, Uh, as as the GM, you need to do some prep. uh, Yes if you have important NPCs, they need to be created or some yeah. you know, yeah. monsters, you know, all, yeah. all the mechanical stuff. Uh, but I found that taking the time to write out uh, not, not a, not an adventure in the sense of, of D D where you have to like yep. draw maps and, you know, yep. populate monsters or, or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, but, but having definite ideas about how to challenge Characters' beliefs and instincts and traits right. uh, before play starts really right. makes the game sing because okay. it it gives it gives everybody uh, a lot of a lot of punchy uh punchy
0: things to, to right. so can you ahead. play can you play in the first session or do you need to does the game um do you need to have time after the players have created their characters before you can uh go ahead and put a story together like you uh, need to say, great, we've got our characters together and then next week we're going to start or
1: yep uh it's it's you you spend the first session of of any campaign building the setting creating characters you will probably start play the second session uh now my 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 opinion is that that is part of play so yes you're playing from the first section session yep. that is part of the game
0: right right of course
1: you're, you're just not into the you know pretending. my character says this and does that yeah right until uh until later um right. there's uh, there's a lot that goes into
0: creating a character
1: uh it's it's a it's an involved process it right really so we're
0: into the uh the character creation versus uh chance of death scenario question, right
1: right okay. uh so yes there's there's a lot of investment it takes it takes some time to do uh usually what winds up happening at least in my games is uh we have we have people pick out you know the, the the basic concept of their character, and maybe sort out what their life paths are, and some quick notes about what skills they're going to take, right. uh, and then they come back the next week with all of their numbers filled in and, and everything sort of finalized. Right. Uh, that being the case, uh, it is really really difficult to die in Burning Wheel. Right. Uh, okay. Which which kind of makes that. Long and involved process, okay, right? Uh, it's it's also a game that's designed for long term play, uh, right. For for the, the kind of campaigns where people have like, been playing the same campaign for eight years, right? Uh, Burning Wheel does that and does that well. There's a lot of right. a lot of room for that. Uh, characters will get will get terribly injured in, and out of commission for for months of game time. So there's a lot of like doing all this adventuring stuff now and then uh and then baldrick got you know a spear in his guts but uh, it has to spend the next two years like recovering from right. the terrible injury that that happened right and then you kind of kind of go okay so what happened during that time and you you brush by it and you know figure out you know uh, some mechanical things to to represent time
0: passing right so in terms of investment, lots of investment in the character up front, but the chances of you dying are uh, low. So that investment um, is not, you're not going to have to reinvest in character um, continuously. So um, long character creation, but um, but long character life expectancy. So that's kind of a, that's kind of a um, I don't know how we would quantify, how we would go about quantifying that for, uh, <laughs> it's my daughter there. Come over here. But I don't know how we would go about quantifying that as a, as a, for measurement purposes. Um, I suppose Dungeons and Dragons would be, um, uh, well, depending on how you play, I suppose, but, um, short, short creation. And then uh, also shortish use. So in that respect, that's a good match, right? And this one here is long creation, but long use. So that's, again, is a good match, right? Right, right, right. Uh, I, I know that games exist where the
1: opposite is, is the problem. I spent yeah, yeah. three hours with this character, and then he just got pasted. Uh, <clears throat> but, uh, uh but, yeah, uh, it's... It's it's involved, but you're, you're unless you get bored, you're going to be playing that dude for a while.
0: Right, right. Okay, so in that case, because it's a good, it's a good match. Then, okay, what's our next one there? So we've done property, we've done uh, what media properties match up, we've done how long it takes to make a character, as opposed to how long they're going to last. Um, what's another question we've got on there, Sean? Uh, let's see, we've got completeness of core material. Cool, Cool, Mature talked about that. Yep. So okay. you've got all the stuff you need to start.
1: Uh, yes uh, useful supplement support so that this is kind of right. an interesting interesting thing uh all of the supplements for the current edition uh came out before the current edition came came out right uh but but when it comes down to it there's only two uh two books
0: sean's holding up uh, two books the same um size as the core cool book the core cool book is um I think it's um it's stitch bound right a stitch bound uh, yeah. a stitch bound yes. hard cover I'm um, sure just held yeah. up two um digest size books, one with a blue cover, one with a sort of like a, an olive i suppose um, cover same size but perfect bound and glued yes uh,
1: so the the magic burner and the monster burner uh, right. they're not supplements in the in the traditional kind of sense, uh, right. what they are are sort of breakdowns of how to uh oh, yeah. Yeah. to create custom content for your game. Right. I yeah. mean there's 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 some things that, that are are you know what? sort of plugins uh for the main right. or the more replacement right. for existing systems. Uh the magic burner is kind of the the epitome of that it has several different ways of of dealing with magic in your in your campaign. Right. Um, so is it high magic or low magic, pinwheel? uh it's it's kind of medium in my in my opinion it's it's right. not high magic in the in the D sense where everything is is magical right 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 you know wizards are kind of a dime a dozen right uh, but it's also not uh uh it's it's not by default low magic in the song of ice and fire sense where right. you will never see a wizard and the fact that one character has three dragons is yes. Crazy and bizarre to the point of being a huge major plot point. Right. Um, it's uh, it's very Tolkienish. Right. Uh, by default, uh, wizards exist, but they're kind of few and far between. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and then you know, there's uh, sort of a, a pretty pretty standard like pick out your the spells that you know and and whatnot. Uh, system to go with it. Uh, the Magic Burner has uh, some replacements for that. Uh, right. There's one that that's more of a freeform system. Uh, a little bit like, I don't know if you ever played
0: Mage. Yep. I may the, have played a new game of Mage here and there. Yes, I'm very familiar with Mage, yep. it's not It's not quite as freeform as that, uh, right.
1: but but it has that similar feel where well, you... Right, custom has got some of up, sure. Yep. Right. Uh, and it has some things like... Uh, new like a way of doing necromancy and enchanting and all sorts of of cool different things right uh, but but there's an entire chapter in here that is if you want a a specific way or feel to uh, how magic works in your game like if you're if you're trying to emulate <coughs> a particular uh,
0: but it is a butterfly look at that amazing he is flying around the garden, black and orange butterfly. Yep. Sorry. Go ahead, John. Uh, if you're
1: if you're trying to 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 reproduce a a system from from a, a particular media property or right. uh or you just have a, a an idea that the existing stuff seems to fit, right, uh, it's it's got the information that you need to to create a new magic system from scratch
0: really okay so it gives you the opportunity to uh so you could then change it to being a uh, a high magic scenario where wizards are more um are more prevalent like is the ability to balance it available where you've got like um weak wizards at the start and then super strong wizards at the end or is it is it more balanced than that is it um uh, wizards world
1: well I mean, with, with anything you, you start, uh, when you, when you make your characters, you're making your characters at, at sort of the beginning of their, uh, of their career, right? right. Like the, you, everything that's happened before the character comes into play has been boring and mundane, even if they're, right. you know, a wizard, you know, they're, it's not like you're, you're making, uh, a wizard that's been in a million battles before. Right.
0: Right. right. Uh,
1: and the, and the way that the advancement system works, it, means that as you play you're going to get uh you're going to get more powerful
0: right to the point where the a a strong wizard is much more powerful than a strong uh fighter say for example warrior whatever they're called Mm, magic is 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 pretty uh is
1: uh, i mean it's it's magic right like mm. that's that's kind of that's kind of the thing about it it's it's almost by definition going to be more powerful than anything else uh because that's that's kind of what magic is you can't really deal with the supernatural with a sword uh, sure sure that, but
0: i mean is that, there a facility for being uh, resistant to magic though like uh as you become more powerful or is it is that you know, once you get past that point, then um, wizards are the most powerful people in the world, and that will actually have an effect on the, the sort of the structure of the world, even that you're in. Uh,
1: I think I think they could. Uh, the way that that things are constructed in Burning Wheel is that everything comes with a cost. Right, if right. Nothing, nothing is free. So, so the more powerful uh, of a wizard you are, the greater those costs. Uh, and if you if you make mistakes, the greater those mistakes will be. Right. Uh, right. And there's okay, just right checks likely, and balances
0: there against that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're more likely to see an incredibly powerful wizard at some point, like retire into his tower to to kind of right. do his magical research and, and not right, right. be like rampaging around the world. Yes. Fireballs at everybody. Right. <coughs> Excuse me. I apologize for that. <laughs> um. Yeah, and the way that they, that Burning Wheel really handles that sort of thing is by, on one hand, making uh, by by making the GM's job to be uh, challenging your the character's beliefs. Right. It, it means that the challenges that each individual character is going to be facing are uh, a lot of times fundamentally different than right. than that from the other characters. Uh,
0: right. Does that create um, down a lot of downtime for other players at the table then?
1: Not really. Not really. M- 99% of things are handled with one roll. So, right. Uh, you know, you, you don't have to deal with that like, oh, now we're going to do, you know, we're just going to deal with your thing. Uh, right. Sometimes that'll happen. Uh, the thing that you, you tend to get good at as a GM is... is uh either moving to the next person before a roll is made or immediately after a roll is made right right uh so so it's pretty much you know you frame a scene you get to the uh you get to the resolution point dice are rolled all right we've kind of dealt with that move on to the next
0: yes one. yeah that's the whole one of those things about the cut and dry thing right like once it's once it's done then that then it's done right that that has been resolved that we don't go back to it and rehash and rehash it
1: right exactly Exactly. So things are always moving forward. Yes. Uh, and and uh a uh, corollary to that is that even if you fail, uh number one, you know what's what failure means. It's uh, right
0: yeah, you the stakes are set ahead of time. Exactly.
1: Uh and then uh you know, yeah, uh, the 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 failure should never just mean that you're you're roadblocked. So
0: Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, so
1: the game yep. is always moving forward and even yes. if, Switching from one person to to another, yeah. uh, then then yeah, it should uh, things should move pretty quickly.
0: Uh, yeah. And that's an idea that I would like to employ in whatever game I'm playing as well. I think that um, when you reach for those dice, or you somebody reaches for dice, we should have the um, have the stuff set up ahead of time. Like if you succeed, this happens. If you fail, this happens. Um, right. But I'm, sort of working, I'm still working on something at the moment, um, and one of the things I'm incorporating is. Um, but if you choose not to do anything, then this happens.
1: Uh, yeah, that's uh, <clears throat> that's that's kind of an interesting uh, an interesting thing. I, I've I've never I've never really dealt with uh, choosing to do nothing. Yes. Uh, I like uh, I like to put 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 things uh in terms of uh if if you uh you know you're never going to have a good choice like like uh i'm kind of a jerk that way like you can you can save your friend uh but then this sword that you've been you know spending the last like three weeks trying to trying to track down is going to fall into a ravine right uh, right we're gonna pack uh, right, right, right. You know that that sort of thing, like like high stakes stuff. But uh, yeah, I've never thought about about like what what do you do if you do if uh,
0: if you don't like the sound of either one of those things. Like you get to the point, right? Like this is a this is all part of the thing about in the game going forward. If you decide to do this, this happens. If you decide to do that, that happens. You don't like the sound of either of those. Well, then this happens. Right right uh,
1: yeah yeah no most of the most of the time uh in in burning wheel there's kind of a there's kind of an implicit uh if if you if you sit there and and don't do anything about it then the person that's trying to act against you is just going to win right uh, right so so I, I guess i never thought about it as as an explicit uh explicit thing it's just if, if, if you don't resist the other guys getting there.
0: Yeah. But, but, um, along what I'm, what I also am sort of driving at with that is, you know, you get up to the thing, you get to the door, you've put your, you know, you've, you figured out you're going to try and pick this lock. Just to say, for example, it's a bit of mundane, but let's just say we're talking about that. You get there, like you're getting ready to go and pick the lock. You make it up to the lock and then you look at it and go, hey, well, hang on a minute. What I could do is I could actually take a seat and I could, you know, pry this, this thing loose. Well, um, unless that's, unless that's something that is a, unless there's new information like you say um with being unless there's new information then you know that's then you've got to choose one of those two you can't then go back and redo it again because that moment will have passed hot dog. delicious hot dog um then that moment will have passed and you can't you know you, there's no you don't get a second bite at the cherry right you can't go ahead and regroup
1: right, right.
0: so they, to keep the game going forward so instead of get because Oftentimes that okay, this is this 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 and this okay. Now you're really good at that, so you're going to go ahead and do that, right? So you send the person off to pick the lock or whatever it might happen to be, and you took half an hour to get to the point of deciding that that's what you was going to was going to happen, and then they get there and then they change their mind the last minute, they go back and then have another half hour conversation, right? Like that's to try and avoid those sort of scenarios. Right, right, right. Analysis paralysis type stuff.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, one of uh, one of the other nice things about Burning Wheel is that you can use uh, we, we were talking about the duel of wits mechanic earlier uh whenever yes, you have those those situations where where the players just want to talk and talk and talk at each other and play yeah, yeah. don't want to actually come to a conclusion yes. or or nobody's convincing the other person yeah you you bust out the duel of duel of wits mechanics yeah deal yeah. with it and go get
0: it done yeah yeah that's right get it done and get forward, move, get moving forward yeah for sure absolutely yeah, okay what else we got on the list here sean how are we off the time uh Let's see. It's, it's, it's ten Uh, we've gone for a little while. Um, okay. Should we, okay. do you want to, do you want to go ahead with part two of that uh, next time then? Uh, sure. We can,
1: uh, we can do that. I think we've, we've covered a whole bunch of the, the right on. stuff on here. Perfect. Uh, just kind of in, in the, uh, in the talking about, right. The, the game in general. Um, did, w- did you any- <laughs>
0: no, thank you. Well, Sorry, say so game? I was going to say, did you have any questions about... Um, okay, well, so, so when... Um, how important are the um, stats that your character has as compared with the background that you put together for your character?
1: Uh, very important. Uh, Burning Wheel doesn't do a whole lot with, like, extensive character bios. Right. Uh, you, you don't need to write up a backstory for your character. The character right. creation, like I mentioned, is a life path system. So you're, you're choosing, like, where this character was born, you know, kind of where he went from there. And you, uh, you know, the GM sets a limit. I say the GM. It's generally all the players at the table right. kind of set the limit for, right. you know, how how experienced do we want our characters to be, uh, at the beginning? Yes. Uh, the, the kind of default is, is for life paths, uh, which is, which is just enough to, uh, to get most players to a, like a knight, a priest or a wizard, right? Not, not experienced in any of those, but, uh, but at least established, um, So once you set that limit you know then then you kind of go through and you're like okay so my character was born in a village and that gives him you know these traits and and right right and then he went on to become a tinkerer and and uh you know gives you access to different skills and and whatnot uh so so by nature your characters are kind of a a uh a result of what they have been doing right Uh, and and it it builds a like a framework of a backstory yes or yeah i was gonna uh, say yeah sounds like it there's there's some room to to fill in blanks if you need to but but you're not going to be like my character is the third son of prince so and so of this place and i had all of these adventures and now i'm going on with uh yeah, yeah. The implication is that you've led a pretty boring life up until, right? Something terrible has
0: happened that that you yes. ignored. Right. Okay. So um, you mentioned uh, uh, that it sort of like a uh, sort of uh, Dungeons and Dragons esque setting. Um, so along with that, um, who would be likely? Who might want to give? burning wheel a try if you're looking for a different system who might i know i'm we're playing this game right now but we want more of this or we want less of this or you know we really like this aspect of it but we're looking for it or something like that so like who who would go ahead and play who sh- who may enjoy burning wheel if they gave it a shot um uh, okay so i
1: think uh people people who like rules will, will like it uh right because because there's a lot of game to be played in it right uh, I think I feel like in a lot of cases the people who you know they they go to play D&D yep. and uh, and then talk to them you know you talk to them about it afterwards and they go man this this session was great we didn't pick up the dice and roll them once yeah 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 <laughs> you know, that that kind of player the the the, the players that are looking for a game that is driven by the characters, uh, and and you know that that is the the thing that this game does more than anything. Right. There's 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 a lot of room.
0: Uh hey, don't melt it up like need hot dogs. <laughs> We've got some serious hot dog logistical issues here. Uh, um, I understand that. So so um, so, so somebody who um, likes Dungeons and Dragons or liked the game that they played and then they got to the end and realized that they hadn't touched the dice. Um, so that's one type of uh, that's one type of person. Yeah. Um, and would you say that um, that th- when Combat comes along; they want it to be involved, but they don't want it to be the focus of the session. Is that sort of what you're getting at there? Uh,
1: to an extent, uh, most most combats can be handled in one, maybe two rolls, right. uh, depending on on how how in depth the system that you that you want to do. Uh, right. But Burning Wheel also doesn't do like the fight against a thousand orcs, right. uh, where you have you know your grid laid out and you have to you know turn by turn deal. You know six points of damage to every goblin or whatever right right uh, it 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 saves the the important climactic fights uh for the for the really involved rules right. right so so they're there uh it's it's incredibly dramatic it's incredibly chaotic uh you know if 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 you're at the point when you're when you're breaking the fight rules out uh you should be going i don't know what's going to happen you know, right. when, when all said and done, like this is something I have to do, but I don't know how it's going to turn out. Right, and it, that's kind of one of the reasons I like it so much.
0: Right. Okay, so you have, so you would say people who, um, so Dungeons Dragons people, perhaps, um, role Master people, maybe on the on the strength of what we talked about last week, people that like, um, people that like you say that like systems, people that. Um, Daddy, Sydney. Yep, that's the dog all right um people that like technical systems um and would it be for people that like less rolling in their game or because uh, i know you can go a whole session without rolling but
1: Daddy, I need to this. <laughs> uh yeah it's it's oh. Oh, sorry I, I just got a I i just got a text uh <clears throat> yeah uh, uh, most of the rolling is kept to a minimum like there's right. there's some uh, there's some, some paperwork involved in, in logging test and advancement and that that sort of thing uh, but uh, but part of the the aim of the game is to is to uh, reduce the total amount of, of dice rolling so that only the important stuff is getting rolled
0: through. right right which leads me to my my uh, probably my last question here which is um, but this may be may require an exhaustive answer. Um, we were talking about torchbearer, and then also you sort of alluded to it. Uh, the little fights aren't really important. It's got to be climactic. So, um, so, so there's not really any dungeon bashing. Like you don't just go along from one room to the next room and then fight individual orcs and so forth. And if not, how is that handled?
1: Uh, generally, uh, I mean, what well, you, you kind of have to think in terms of what the uh, what the overall goal that you're trying to achieve is right. Your yes, your, your ultimate intent. Uh, if if you're if you know that there's some object in the in the bottom of, of some deep dark dungeon, uh, then you can you can do a little bit of dungeon crawly stuff, uh, but not not to the extent of of needing to have like a detailed map or or like I said, populate it with uh, with monsters or anything. Uh, at, at, at some point, monsters are just obstacles and or, 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 you know, chasms or waterfalls are, are just obstacles to be overcome. Yes. Uh, So, so depending on, on the group and the things that are interesting to you, yeah, you can, you can totally have, uh, those, those adventures where, where you're, you know, leaping across chasms and and whatnot, but each of those things are going to be handled with, with one or two rolls. Right. Uh, right. You know, if if uh, there's there's a, a a an adventure that was in uh, in this book, the Adventure Burner, right, uh, which was the last sort of supplement for the revised edition, right, uh, before before the Gold Edition came out. Uh, there's an adventure here called uh, Thelon's Rift, uh, which is a, it's a straight up dungeon crawl. Right. Uh, there's there's a orb of magical power at the bottom, uh, and, and a handful of of obstacles along the way. Right. Uh, and the entire like the entire map of it takes takes up a quarter of a page in a digest sized thing, and then there's some you know descriptions of you know sort of what uh, what standard failure consequences would be for for not, uh, you know, for failing rolls to like get right. past the bridge that's spitting water at you? That kind
0: right, of right, right, right. Uh,
1: and usually it's you know if there's if there's monsters, they're the result of of some some failure, uh, you know, so, some role that's been failed. Oh, you fail this role, then you're gonna run into the the web of the giant spider. Uh right. but the giant spider's just an obstacle once you, once you right. Know, get to that you make one roll to get past it and move on but uh, you know maybe like if you really want to you can sort of set up the boss fight at the at the end and and right the fight mechanics and 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 deal with that uh but but again that that's sort of the climactic battle
0: right right yeah of course yeah yeah i know what you mean yeah because and then because like you say you want to be unsure how that's gonna um how that's gonna play out right like you don't have a whole bunch of little goblins along the way where it's just like you say like obstacles but not difficult obstacles you just sort of like smash them down all along the way Right, right right and so if somebody uh final question then if somebody was going to buy a burning wheel do they look for a um a brand new copy of the Gold Edition? Is the Gold Edition your starting point? Do you try to get a revised edition? What are you, uh, what are you no, trying the, to get on?
1: Uh, the Gold Edition is is vastly superior. I, I say vastly. They've they've uh, it, The game is the same. They, they've, they're almost completely compatible. Some things have been right. changed. Uh, the changes that were made are uh, significant between the two edition right. as far as, uh the the more difficult to understand right uh, annex have been cleared up and uh you know some some things have been expanded some things have been clarified uh, right. the the revised edition is no longer in print right uh, Luke is is pretty uh pretty good about like once once that is done he he doesn't uh keep keep printing it out Right. Uh, so yeah, uh, gold edition uh, is is the way to go. Right. I s- not not that I got rid of my copy of revised. I still have my revised books. Right.
0: Uh, sitting on a shelf, but I almost never
1: use them anymore. Right. Okay, there you go. All
0: right, well, uh, thanks everybody for uh, for bearing with us that was watching uh, online or anybody that's come this far in the YouTube video. Um, the, if you listen to the audio version, then you've been spared me talking to myself for uh, a very long time. <laughs> but uh, it's goodbye from me this week. And goodbye from me. And until next week, keep talking the walk.